Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ever wonder why traditional button-ups look so long and baggy? That's because they were never meant to be worn that way. Untucked shirts were specifically designed to be worn untucked. Untucked is the brand you've been looking for. It's the original untucked shirt. A modern solution to an old problem with no tucking or tailoring required. No matter your size or shape, their shirts are the perfect untucked length. With more than 50 fit combinations, Untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Don't just take my word for it. Try Untuck It for yourself. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. They even offer free shipping and returns on all orders in the U.S. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and promo code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. Blue Wire. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job on Blue Wire. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and today I am joined by Fox Sports host and reporter, Jenny Taft. From the sidelines to Shannon and Skip Undisputed, Taft talks about where her confidence stems from, the invaluable feedback that made her a stronger reporter, and her favorite sporting event that she's covered. She also takes us through a very busy and very early day in the life. Jenny is fun to talk to, incredibly talented and knowledgeable, and a great role model for anyone looking to start a career in sports. With that, let's get to it. Jenny, thank you so much for joining me today for Get My Job. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. You have a really great job and I imagine a very interesting job that changes daily. Of course, you are a Fox uh, NFL reporter, but also the host and moderator for Ship and Chip. I'm sorry. (laughs) Ship and Shannon, undisputed. And you know what, guys? I'm not even going to edit that because it's just so many. (laughs) All those S words. That is too good. Although I'm afraid now I'm probably going to say it tomorrow because it felt so natural. Ship and and Shannon. So watch out. (laughs) You know what? I'll be, I'll take the the new name. I don't know how Skip's going to feel about being Ship, but you know, whatever. Yeah, it's okay. We won't tell him. Always good to mix it up. Well, I appreciate (laughs) you being here today and and dealing with my word stumbles. Um, So I, I wanted to talk first because as you know, this, this, podcast is for women who work in sports, women who want to work in sports, and not just women. We have a lot of male listeners as well who, who want to get in the sports industry and, and learn about people's journeys. But I know you did the Fox Sports Girl program, which one of our fangirls did as well. And so I would love for you just to talk a little bit about that and kind of some of the experience that you got there that you found valuable. Sure, absolutely. It's crazy, right? Like now that I'm thinking back on my time as a Fox Sports North girl. It feels like forever ago, but at the same time, it doesn't feel that long ago in a lot of ways. Um, I was so fortunate to 
work in Minnesota where I grew up as a Fox Sports North girl. And the timing really for me was was perfect. And I think so much of this industry and this world is a lot about timing. It's a lot about, you know, making connections early on and working hard and, you know, staying connected to those people because hopefully it'll pay off down the line. But for me, I had interned at Fox Sports North pretty much my whole life. I somehow convinced I had a, a neighbor who became a very close family friend who still is working there. And, you know, somehow in high school, I convinced him to let me shadow him for a day. And then it became, oh, you could help with the state fair activities. And then I became an intern in college. So when the Fox Sports North girl opportunity came up, um, I, I'm thinking back on it. And it's funny when they actually first approached me about the opportunity, they were calling it Fox Sports Ambassadors. So the name had oh. even a different meaning at the time. Um, and it was it was crazy because it was so new. So I think there were, gosh, I want to say there were how many different, I, I think eight total. I'm not even sure, but I was the third Fox Sports regional to launch. So there had been Detroit, I believe was first. Then there was St. Louis, Arizona. I guess we were fourth then. Arizona and Minnesota were very similar timing. So long story short, when I was approached about it, it was still a pretty new concept. And um, what excited me most about the opportunity was just the Fox Sports North group in general. So many people that I had worked with as an intern, and I just felt great about the people. And of course, getting, you know, in front of the camera in any way, I felt like it was a goal. I'd been living in New York City, and I'd graduated from Boston University with a broadcast journalism degree. That was the goal, but, you know, hard to be in New York and get a job in TV. So I, I, I knew I had to move home and kind of reset and restart. And the Fox Sports North girl, you know, audition came about. I auditioned, got the gig. And once I got my foot in the door, I just kind of kept building and working my way up. because I really believed um, that this was what I was supposed to be doing and working in sports. So it's, it's crazy because it feels like a long time ago. But then again, I'm still in touch with some of those same women I worked with. And um, it's just cool to see how it really launched a lot of careers. And what were some of the things you learned early on there that were somewhat invaluable to your career moving forward? I think that probably one of the biggest things with that opportunity that I embraced early was, you know, you can make whatever opportunity you have your own. And I think in so many ways, we get caught up in this sports world and probably in any industry, I think this would be the case, but I don't know many people that say they get their dream job right off the bat. So kind of for me, that opportunity, I used it in so many ways to just become a good broadcaster and use that opportunity, use working at viewing parties, interviewing fans as a launching pad to get reps and to get in front of the camera and to impress my bosses that I, I could do this. And I think you look back and you think, well, she was doing, you know, interviews at the state fair about you know, deep fried Snickers and the fan interaction. It, it it doesn't feel like hard reporting, but it was, it was reps. It was experience. It was for me, confidence in getting in front of the camera and showing bosses that I could do it. I could do whatever job they asked me to do. So it was my kind of way of proving myself. And with the Fox Sports North girl opportunity, it, it was kind of one by one winning different people over in Minnesota. You know, first it was, was North trusting me. You know, then I was really known as kind of a hockey insider in Minnesota because I grew up playing. I knew the sport well, so I would go on to different radio interviews and do little hockey segments. I would go on the ice after go for hockey games and do demos, which 
feels crazy now that I was on the ice with a microphone and skating around doing demos. Um, so, you know, I just, I made it my own and I embraced anything. I came to them with ideas and I still am so, so close with everyone at Fox Sports North. I just went back a couple of weeks ago and I helped host Hockey Day Minnesota, which in Minnesota, hockey is, you know, it's everything. And it was so full circle for me to go back eight years later now, I guess from when I started and be working with some of the same people that gave me a shot. And it was just really cool. And I cannot say enough about kind of just everyone there that helped me get to this place. So I have a question. I'm going to go off on a little tangent for a second. Yeah. As somebody who grew up playing hockey, how do you think having grown up as an athlete helps you kind of relate to the players, um, the athletes, the people that you talk to on a daily basis now? I think it definitely has for me, and I can't speak for everyone because by no means you have to be, you know, an athlete to be a great, you know, sports reporter or broadcaster to be in this world of sports. Not by, not by any means, but for me personally, it always gave me a confidence because sports was my confidence growing up. It's the only thing I really cared about. I thought about, I played three sports growing up. I played college lacrosse um, at Boston University and um, I knew that I always belonged in the world of sports because of that background. And my, my dad was a professional athlete. My brother played and I was just, I was the exact same level as them. So, you know, I get asked a lot about being a female working in sports and you're in a male dominated field, but I've never once felt like I don't belong. And that's just because of my confidence from sports. So I think that it really, it was just a non-factor and, you just figure it out when you grow up in sports and you get challenged or you're, you know, you might be, I don't know, there's different opportunities and different tests that you deal with when you play competitive sports growing up. And it just prepared me for those challenges and the competition maybe that we're dealing with in this industry. And so it just gave me a different kind of confidence. I was thinking a lot about that the other day because I, I get asked that a lot about being a female in this world and I don't find it challenging maybe because of the confidence I have that I am an athlete I belong here and I do think there's a sense of I'd like to think that I have a, a good feel for athletes or coaches when they feel like they can talk how I can make them feel comfortable I pride myself on making you know conversations comfortable and I want whoever I'm interviewing to feel good on the other end it shouldn't be an uncomfortable situation for them to be interviewed by me it should feel easy and have a natural flow and I do, I do think that I get, have a sense of that just from growing up around sports, but you know, that's just something I really pride myself on doing. My other very important question is, did you try the fried <laughs> Snickers and how was it? Oh my gosh. I have tried everything at the Minnesota State <laughs> Fair and we used to do that goes back to the Fox Sports North girl program. We would do the state fair every summer and it was great. You'd get to meet a lot of the, the sports fans and we truly would walk around and do segments like what's the new fair food. And I have not been back to the Minnesota fair since I worked there every summer, because it just as awesome as it is, it loses a bit of its luster when you're there and it's hot and mm -hmm. you're just kind of there for hours because it's a great event, but you can't eat fair food every day for two weeks. And it just takes a little bit out of you. Um, mm -hmm. But I also, it's like what I love about Minnesota. There are so many different unique traits and, I love living in LA. I love working at Fox Sports, but Minnesota is always going to be home. It's, it's just, it, there's so many special people there and you know where I got started and who knows? I mean, maybe I'll end up there one day. So you, you just never know. 
Uh, we have our, our Timberwolves and Vikings fangirls, the same girl. Her name is Katya, and she's amazing. And she is from Minnesota, and I think she feels similarly. She loves L.A., but she definitely likes her taste of home. There is something special about Minneapolis. I was there for the Super Bowl. It was yeah. very, very cold, which I wasn't. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> but there is I feel like personally responsible that it was so cold. Like, I should have done something to help you guys. I'm like, Every time I hear, I'm like, oh, it was so cold. I'm like, I know, guys, it's Minnesota. Like, if only yeah. I could have been a little warmer, but you got the full experience. I, I'm going to go ahead and absolve you of all responsibility. I don't think it was your fault. <laughs> um, and I went to college in Michigan, and it definitely wasn't your fault that it was cold there. So I'm like, <laughs> you're absolved. You can take that off your plate. Okay. To be concerned yeah. about. Good, good. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about the XFL. We had Mandy Cohen on from ESPN a few weeks ago, and, and she and I talked a little about this. And so I just love to get a feeling from you. It's it's brand new, and you're covering something brand new. Is that exciting? Is that scary? Or do you feel like you have an opportunity to kind of shape it a little bit, at least shape the coverage? Uh, great question. It has been really fun and refreshing. I, I didn't know um, too far in advance I was going to be involved in it, and when the opportunity presented itself, I was, I was all in. I, I love working as a sideline reporter, mostly because of the interviews and the access and the stories and the players. And in college football, in the NFL, you know, you get your moments and you try to take advantage of those moments. And I always, I think that working as a sideline reporter, I was just having this conversation with one of my colleagues um, who's been working with me on the sideline. He's like, wow, I didn't even realize everything that goes on down here because in so many ways, you are the eyes and ears to the production of what's happening and access and injuries that you might not physically get that in. You know, it might not be an on-camera report or it might not be your voice. You might just be relaying the information. So it's not about you. And I, I just think that that job is so, it's, it's so interesting because it's unique and you never know what you're going to get. That's what I love about live games. You know, the moment the game starts, you've done all this prep, but it doesn't really matter because the game is the game and it'll develop on its own. But for XFL, I am working with not only some of the best people, I'm working with Kevin Burkhart, who's truly an incredible play-by-play -play announcer. And he's become a really close friend just in living in LA and he's been at Fox Sports. And I've just picked his brain because he's, he's done everything. So I'm working with such a talented team. We have Greg Olson on our team who is an amazing guy. I mean, I'm so happy for him. He'll be in Seattle next season. And I think broadcasting is very clearly in his future when he decides he wants to wrap up playing because he's such a natural and a pro. And so to have the perspective of not only covering a new game, but I'm working with all new people. I have a new producer and I love that. I mean, that's going to challenge you in a special way of just working with new people. And uh, the access is different and it's unique, but I think I'm able to still put my own personal spin on it where the Fox and ESPN broadcasts are still doing something different. I mean, there some broadcasts are in the locker room at halftime. Some are just doing interviews. And I love that we can still kind of frame it how we want to frame what the XFL looks like. And I would be lying to you if I said I think we have it perfectly figured out. I mean, yesterday I was doing an interview and – you know, the player got pulled away. He's like, oh, I got to go, which he actually didn't have to go. We were going to commercial. I knew we had enough time to get it in, but he was jacked up and excited and didn't want to miss out on anything and thought he had to go talk to his coach. And like, that's real life. And that's happening in the moment. And it makes great TV. I felt like, oh, shoot, I wanted more from that interview, but it's kind of real. And I think that the, 
the love of the game is there in XFL and you get this inside to coaches, to replays, the player interviews, some of the rule changes. So how fun to just be a part of something because we know we love college football. We, we know we love the NFL. Like, why can't we love XFL? Something a bit different, different spin. And I mean, these players are really talented and TJ Walker's the QB for Houston. He blows me away. I mean, he is, he's an incredible QB. I have no doubt he's going to get another shot in the NFL and he already had one, but his talent and just his leadership, it's, I love that I'm now seeing it. And I hope this is just the start of something new for him. And I hope it becomes that for a lot of these players. That's awesome. I mean, it'll be very cool. You'll, you know, if this, if this plays out the way I think everybody's hoping that it will, you'll be able to look back and say, I was there from the get go. You were like a pioneer of the XFL a little bit. I Um, hope so. Yeah. That's, I, I hadn't really thought of it that way, but I really hope that it is that way because it's fun. And it's also fun, like you said, were you scared? And I think, I, I, I feel like in our industry, right, the nerves are always there, but that means, that means, one, that you care and that, you know, you're as excited to be a part of it as you should be. Because I think the moment I stopped getting nervous about games or a little bit jacked up, excited, you get that feeling. I get the same kind of drive and energy from playing in sports that I got growing up that I get on a field because you're in it and you're immersed in it. So I had a little nerves from just the first XFL, just like, how is this going to play out? But it's only good nerves in a, in an excited way. And I think that that's what makes the job so unique. So talking about your uh, weekday job, not as much the yeah. job. <laughs> It, it seems like a very different skill set, uh, very different to be a moderator, especially with two such incredible personalities between Skip slash Ship Bayless and Shannon <laughs> uh, But they both really, you know, strong opinions, strong personalities, very knowledgeable people. And there you are in the middle. Can you talk a little bit about uh, this, how you developed the skill set of being a moderator? Because that is a skill set in itself, and it's not an easy one to develop. Sure. I I would be lying to you if I said, first of all, that waking up at 3 a.m. is easy. It's not fun, and it never is. It's it's yeah. so – people ask me about undefeated. I'm like, guys, it's really hard to wake up at 3 a.m. I'm not going to lie. My Last night, my turnaround, which is a little crazy because when we finish this podcast, I am taking a nap. I got home at 10. We landed from Dallas, which is – granted, I said I could pull it off, which I did, and it was a little it was a little tiring, but – you know, that's not the norm, right? I'm not normally flying home that late on a Sunday, but our game in Dallas was later, you know, not as many flights. Anyways, so I went to bed at like 11 and I woke up at three, which isn't ideal, but normally I try to, I try to go to bed around eight or nine. And that's hard because the biggest thing is you're watching games still, right? So Mm -hmm. I think in being a moderator, the, what I like to think about is one, I, I always keep in perspective, you know, it's Skip and Shannon show, right? This is a debate show. Mm-hmm. I very consciously pick and choose my moments. Today is a good example where we're talking about Chase Young, who is a player I've interviewed multiple times. I feel like I have a, a good relationship with him. And so it is unique when those storylines develop. And I actually do have a very clear, you know, say in this topic, in this debate that I would like to voice. And I, I said a few things about him today. I think he's one of those players that it's going to continue to be a conversation over the next couple of weeks. Um, And I like to pick and choose those moments where I can really let my information be known and what I know about this world. And I'm around it so many times. 
And I think it's great with, with college and NFL where I'm around some of these big players and names. So on Monday, I just can bring that into the show. And in terms of managing the two personalities, there's a very clear rhythm and dynamic to Skip and Shannon that I, while I'm not, you know, voicing my Skip goes, Shannon goes, Jenny goes on this, I'm playing off of them. I offer my opinion in subtle ways all the time. And, you know, I laugh because on social media, I'll, I'll get this. And, you know, who ca- honestly, who cares about social media? Side note. But, you know, people are like, you always side with Skip. Oh, you always side with Shannon. It's like, no, no. I, I'm very clearly, I pick and choose my moments with each guy. You, you have your opinion. And I think that they play off of my energy. And um, as a moderator, I think what, what you know might not come across every single, every single moment, but you, you use your knowledge randomly like little facts will come up where they'll be asking about well wait when is Tom Brady's birthday again August 3rd you know just having little facts like I'm prepared for what they might need just to help the show and I think it's a unique position to be in but I kind of love it because it's the same it's different than sideline where you're you're preparing for a game and you're preparing for a game at least for studio I know the direction we're going so I can have kind of a little bit of a feel for the facts I want to know and I put together notes every day about each debate, each topic, so I'm prepared for anything I think they might need or want to go, what direction they want to go. So it, the moral of the story is you prepare as much as you can, and that's, I think, what's helped me become a better moderator and host. And, you know, it's a different skill set, but I look at some of these hosts, and I guess I mentioned Kevin Burkhardt, who's great at play-by-play. He's also an incredible host, and he and I have talked about it. It's a different it's a different energy. It's a different kind of preparation. And I think that's what I love about it because it still keeps you on your toes doing something different. And I like the challenge. It's funny. I moderated a panel for my high school uh, about a year ago and I was a little mm-hmm. bit nervous. And I said to a girl I went to high school with, I said, I'm a little bit nervous. I haven't done a ton of moderating. And she said, but this is what you do. You interview people every day. I'm like, but it's different. Right? It's in a press conference. And, and she said, is it though? You still have to come up with the questions. And she said, in that case, I think it's harder <laughs> because what if whatever happened in the last two minutes of the game that you have to ask about, you weren't necessarily prepared for. And I was like, you know what? You're right. right. Thank you. Yeah. Good, Good, it, <laughs> Good to go. It's true. It's like, it's like what she said. I mean, having the knowledge of the situation and the game and, you know, just being prepared makes you confident. And whether I'm interviewing a player or I'm asking Skip and Shannon their take on something, I mean, it's all about, I think my confidence comes from preparation and that's just what I've always kind of prided myself on. I mean, I'll, I'll work on my notes and my research up to the last second before games. And I'm kind of a crazy, a little bit type a personality. Um, You know, we could ask my husband about that, but like, there's a level of me that I, I do as much as I can, but it, it just, that's what makes me feel confident going into a game. And that's just how I've kind of operated. If you were to give our listeners a piece of advice on getting started in the sports industry, would that be the biggest one? Make sure you're prepared or is there something else as well? I think that my, well, one that's definitely huge is the preparation, but my biggest advice, and I'm, I go back to this because I think you just have to remember that you might not take the job that's perfect right off the bat. I mean, I, I look back to my time when I got hired at FS1. They really didn't know what I was going to be doing. I know you and I have a mutual friend, colleague there, Jacob Ullman, and he 
offered me a job of covering motocross, covering motorcycle racing. And I'll never forget the conversation we had. He was like, Jenny, what do you know about motorcycles? And I, I did know one thing. I knew Ricky Carmichael, knew he was the GOAT. And that's because my brother grew up kind of in that world. And he, well, he at least loved, he loved the extreme sport world. And I did know Ricky and I knew, I knew the backstory, but that was about where it started and ended. But I was committed to learning it. And I learned everything I could about the sport. I have fallen in love with Supercross. I was actually watching it. I didn't watch it this last week, but two weeks ago I was home. I had an, uh, my XFL game was, on Sunday. So I was watching Supercross on Saturday night and I, I still love it. I still keep in touch with a lot of the riders. I keep in touch with, um, you know, the, the teams, it's kind of, it's a unique, it has a NASCAR feel where there's different teams and groups and trainers and mechanics. And I keep in touch with a lot of them. And so that was one of those opportunities where I did not know a lot about Supercross, but I knew I could learn it. And I knew that if I could go into it, and immerse myself in it and do a good job and earn their trust and respect. It could be really the start of something special. And it was the best. I did it for five years. It was such a cool thing that opened up my opportunities at Fox because I think a lot of, a lot of my bosses, at least I hope to think this was what they saw. They saw that Jenny can work hard. She is a good interviewer. If she can learn supercross and if she can do well in this role, what else can she do? Because this is a really good kind of outlet. And another thing about covering Supercross is similar to the XFL in terms of access all the time. Three-hour race, you could, you might have heard from me 20 times in a race or 20 times over those three hours because there's just constant, you know, bikes are breaking down and guys are needing to be talked to. And it was a lot of reps. So I like to tell people, one, just take a job, just get in there and do a good job because you can figure it out along the way. And it might be intimidating, but it's going to make you so much better. You know, get in, work hard, get your reps, make your mistakes on a low, you know, you don't want to make them on the number one job you want and just be prepared to treat people well and, you know, be nice. It seems obvious, but kind of a small world we're in and we're all kind of going to cross paths with each other again. That's, I, I think, it goes a long way. It sounds crazy, but those relationships will matter in the end. I think treat people well and be nice is really great advice. <laughs> advice. And although it does seem obvious, I think we are all often surprised at how unobvious it is when we encounter certain people. So I think it is an yeah. excellent, excellent reminder for people. Uh, yeah. you would, Work you hard, would... be nice, simple. <laughs> Yeah, the, but there's, but important, but those two things, Yeah, it is amazing how much sometimes people do need to be reminded of those two yeah. things. No, I, I sh we try to do it. We try to remember. And on the subject of being nice, uh, you mentioned earlier, you mentioned social media, which, you know, we talked mm. to a lot of our guests about, you know, social media has some incredible positives, incredible advantages. It also has some really big negatives. I know as women in the sports industry, sometimes we get a lot of uh, vitriol for no reason whatsoever. Uh, and also people are just mean. How do you deal with that? I know it is a bummer, right? I think social media, I've been trying to reflect on it lately. I, a friend of mine also just started a podcast and we had a long conversation about it. And she, she told me that she started to do a like 
I, the word she used to describe it on Sunday, I think it was Deconnect Sunday. We were talking about the idea of just zero social media on Sunday and kind of, you know, disconnecting from that because it is addicting. I think for so many of us, because you feel like you have to be on it. The conversation is always going. It's this immediate outlet and news and content. So I, one, I think I'm going to start to do that in some way, not Sunday because I'm working on Sunday. So I'm probably going to be talking about the XFL, but, you know, pick a day where you just kind of take a step back from it. And I think that that can be really powerful um, because it does, it starts to get with you, get in your head a little bit. And, you know, I'm, I knock on wood with social media a little bit. I, the negativity, I think you just have to take it with a grain of salt, which is not easy to do. I am like any human where if you read comments about yourself that are positive and then one of you are positive and one is horrible, you think about the one that's horrible, but it's not real life. And I just, I try to remember it and I try to have fun with it. I really enjoy, I really enjoy fashion and I enjoy kind of, that outlet, I get to show off what I'm looks I'm wearing and just interviews. Mm-hmm. And I just try to have fun with social media because it's what I like to see in other people's social media accounts. Um, so the, a level of it is just not taking it too seriously. And, you know, just kind of being authentically yourself, because I think that's what people like on social. And that's what I like to see from others. So I try to do it. But, you know, you get caught kind of going down a dark hole of reading everything and seeing everything. And, you know, you just have to remember perspective and it's not real life. So I try to have fun with it, but not spend too much time on it at the same time. Perspective is a good word, keeping the perspective. And we, we had Charlotte Wilder on and she said, the other thing you have to remember is we show what we want to show. And so people make these comments. They don't know you. They don't know who you are. They know what you or what all of us choose to put on social media. So For sure. Not take things so personally because, and it's also, it's not personal. Even when it feels personal, it's about that person. It really is not about you. It's not personal. I mean, I was reading something yesterday like, wow, it sounds like Johnny's yelling at the interviewer. And I'm like, what? No, I'm just happy. You know, it's just like people say the dumbest stuff. And you're like, okay. I mean, I, I thought about it for one second. I'm like, all right, well, that's my style. I like to be happy and joyful in the moment because that's how I feel when I'm interviewing players on a field. So it's just funny. I mean, I could sit and think about changing the way I talk or I could just be like, all right, oh, well. Don't, I think and even it's funny when other people respond like, well, we don't really think that that's true, you know, Susan or mm-hmm. whoever wrote the comment. I don't even know. But, you know, it's, it is what it is and it's kind of having tough skin and maybe in sports it, you see I dealt with a lot of you get that negative feedback you just got to figure out how to let it go and not let it get under your skin so it's a good lesson there was a picture that someone or a video I think someone tweeted I want to say it was Emmanuel Sanders talking and I was in the background listening and someone like screenshot mm-hmm. it and said who's the blonde in the background who looks bored and <laughs> which is everything about that That's so mean point. It's so mean. And someone actually on Twitter nicely came to my defense and said, that's for an Irish fangirl. She's definitely not bored. You should follow her, blah, blah, blah. And I respond, and I don't always respond, but I responded and I said, just so you know, I'm 5'2", and there's a scrum of port reporters around, and I'm standing on my tippy toes in that photo. 
trying to make sure I can hear what's being said and get it all on my recorder. Yeah. But that's not boredom, it's concentration. And the person's like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Sorry. And it's not a big deal. I don't even know why I responded. But I think I did want them to know, like, people are doing their jobs. Like, I don't come to your I job know. and you look bored. Like, and, and I'm I not know. Bored. But people don't. I think people forget. And I think this is true of athletes and for reporters and journalists. It's sports and it's a game. And, of course, it is fun. And we're so lucky to do what we do. But everybody's still at work. And doing the best mm-hmm. job they can do, whether that be the quarterback or the sideline reporter or the producer or the writer. And I think people sometimes forget that because it is sports. Yeah. And it's just an odd dynamic that you can be criticized for your job, which I know we're putting ourselves out there in this career, right? You're 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 you are in that in that, you know, limelight, in that in that getting that attention, but it's just an odd concept that someone can just tweet that about you. And I think they forget that you're even a real human, right? Yes. Like that photo of you, they don't think about the person who's actually there that they're jokingly saying it to. And I think you responding made a lot of sense. I, I mean, I'm, I, I don't, I don't respond a lot, but I also totally get why people would. And sometimes I do, but I'm glad you did. And I'm glad that person was like, Oh, there you go. All right. Yeah. I pick and choose. I feel like where if it's going to be constructive, that's fine. If someone right. responds like, you're so dumb, you were a girl, you don't get football, I'm not going to respond to that. <laughs> I can't, I yeah. can't that again. Unfortunately, those people can't be saved. We're yeah, gonna, exactly. they're, they are, uh, they are just, we, we can't help those. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that we definitely, we can't help those people uh, at all. Um, so talking a little bit about our jobs and what we do. When you look back on some of the things that you've recovered, you've covered, whether it be the fried Snickers or XFL or college, uh-huh. um, you know, with Skip and Shannon, what is one of your favorite stories that you've covered and why do you feel that way? Well, for me, uh, I've had the opportunity to cover a few different World Cups and it's, it's pretty unbelievable. Have you, have you ever been to a World Cup? Have you seen... Did you see the Women's World Cup in Canada or anything? I, I didn't know if you would have, I don't know, been covering it at, at sports at the time. Have you seen it? I have not. I've obviously watched this past uh, World Cup on television. Yeah. I've never been to one, and they, it's definitely okay. a life goal because it looks amazing. On your list, yes. It's, I want it to be on your list. I want it to be on everyone. Just being soccer on this world stage, and I grew up, I grew up idolizing the women's, U.S. team. I mean, those were my idols. So I think when I got asked to be a part of the 2015 World Cup and I was working as the embedded reporter, uh, one of our bosses, David Neal, who's in charge of the World Cup, he really wanted a female and he really wanted someone who had been an athlete, who'd been around it. And by no means am I on that same scale and same, you know, level as these women. But I think that having a, a woman a part of it and just kind of because I was immersed in it I was traveling with them and doing daily reports and really being around them um it was it was so special and it was one of the most challenging opportunities and because I knew the stage and I knew what these women were doing and trying to accomplish and um it was so special to be around it and then having them win it was just the first World Cup on Fox Sports. I mean, everything was just so storybook to be a part of it that way. And then I was fortunate enough to go back to France last year, see them win again. And I speak French, so I was able to use that and 
the summer prior when the men were playing in Russia, I, it just so happened that I became kind of a reporter that was embedded towards the end with the French national team. And I got to use my French there. And I, my parents insisted I go to a French immersion school growing up and uh, told them it would never pay off. And here I am interviewing Kylian Mbappe in French after the World Cup final. And it's full, I mean, it was the craziest thing. And I, people always ask like, are you nervous before interviews? I'm like, I'm nervous before I do interviews in French. I was <laughs> so, I was pacing. Uh, I knew one of my producers, um, his name is Ryan Dock, Dockery, and he is awesome. We call him Doc. He, he was traveling with me and he was like, Jenny, you need to calm down because I was pacing and I knew I was going to do it in French. And, you know, once you did one in French, the rest were a lot better, but I kind of knew that the players almost were testing me too. Like, can she really do it in French? So like, she's going to do this interview in French. And then it was totally fine. And it was smooth. And uh, that was, and I guess all of those World Cups have been highlights of my career. And there's just such a unique, it's hard to even describe being around a World Cup because it's the, it's the world and it's the fans and this camaraderie for this game that we all love. And it's, it's really special. And uh, I'm, I don't need to go back to Russia. I think I'm going to cross Russia off my list for a while. 50 days yeah. is enough. But um, other than that, covering a World Cup, really all those World Cups for different reasons were, were highlights for me. Have you had a mentor through your career? Because you just mentioned your producer who, who helped maybe relax. Yeah. Uh, a mentor through your career, whether it be a, a man or a woman that's really helped you along the way? Yes. I have had a lot of different mentors. And um, well, a name that always comes to mind because she was someone who I really, really respected growing up is Marnie Gellner. She's at Fox Sports North in Minnesota. She's still working as a reporter there, a host, an analyst. She really does it all. And she has, I guess, the twins broadcaster, probably where I got to know her best. And she would let me shadow her. And I joke that I would say, like, hey, Marnie, can I come with you to the ballpark today? And she'd be like, yeah, if you bring me a coffee, you're good to go. Like, <laughs> come on down. You know, so just we had this little thing where we would go to Caribou and we would get a coffee. I still remember a white chocolate mocha was her order. And we would just hang out and I would pick her brain. And um, she was so helpful and honest about this world and a friend and I still catch up with her I just was working with her at Hockey Day Minnesota whenever she comes to town um she covers the Timberwolves as well and she you know we'll we'll catch up when she can and you know I think she was always so supportive of me and always just a friend in this world and honest about the challenges and you know how to make it and how to stand out and I just, I do my very, very best to do that for others. And the hard part is just trying to, I, I genuinely like to help people and I love to talk to as many women as I can. The hard part is just trying to help as, as many people as you can. Sometimes you can't fit it all in. I've been trying to figure out how I can do something for so many more women. And maybe it's a seminar, maybe it's a monthly kind of group where we get together on a web chat and we go through things because I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around. And I think like you're doing this podcast, which is so special and it's a place for people to go and listen and get ideas. But I want to be able to be that for, for as many people as I can and just finding the right way to do that. It's something I've been thinking a lot about, but she was very important to me. And, you know, it's just so cool that I worked with her a couple of weeks ago and we could just 
go back and talk about those moments. And, you know, this is honestly probably when I was in high school too, she would let me hang out with her. So this is, we're talking over 10 years. So it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Oh, that that's fantastic. I mean, you really, you can't ask for better mentor than that. And I think what you just said yeah. is a really wonderful idea. It would be great if you did a monthly webinar. I mean, anything. Something like that. I can't, yeah, I'm not sure like the perfect, and maybe it's not, maybe it's every couple months or maybe it's just, I mean, I'm, it's funny that, that I mentioned it because it's been on my mind so much. I mean, I get people on Instagram or social that reach out and they like, Hey, I want to do this. And I honestly wish I could talk to all of them. You, I wish I could give advice and I try to, I'll try to respond to people as many as I can or, you know, colleagues, but you get, you know, we're busy as well doing the same thing. So I'm like, how can I find a time to put all of that together in a way that works? So I'll keep you posted. <laughs> once I well, figure it out. You know what? It's, I think it's one of those things that at some point an opportunity will come up and you'll say, that's it. You know, it's just one of the things if you're thinking about it, something you want to do, something will come so. up and you'll say, oh, yep, I think I found it. I found my opportunity. Yeah, I hope so. Well, thank you. I'll, I'll definitely keep you posted because it's been on my mind. Oh, please do. And I think all of our listeners would be very interested. So everybody make sure you <laughs> and we will, of course, spread the word here Whew. at the Sports Network. Awesome. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. What is a criticism that you received early on, whether it had be from Marnie or from someone else that while tough to take, it helped shape your future in a positive way? Hmm. Criticism early on is a, is a, is a good thing to think about. I had a, uh, a colleague at Fox Sports. Her name is Jen Pransky and she was, I know Jen Pransky. You know, Jen? Oh, good. Yeah. Well. Exactly. She's amazing. Yeah. Yes. I'm having lunch with her this week. That's really funny. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I had lunch with her a couple of weeks ago and I think I brought up this story because it was, it really, it stood out to me. I, so when I got hired at Fox Sports one, the network was new, which was so exciting and special because there were a lot of new faces and it was, there were a lot of women, there were, you know, a lot of on-air talent. And she, I, I remember early on, I did a couple on-air hits. We would do the, these segments called Three Things You Need to Know. We would come on, I'd be sitting at a news desk, and they'd be 30 to a minute news updates. Really three things at the time that were the most important news of the day for sports. And they were these little clips. So I would clip them off and I would send them to her. And I'd probably done that to a few people at Fox and maybe some former colleagues at North just to get some advice, just try to see what I could do better, differently. You know, still to this day, I'll watch my stuff back. I, I just got an email from the newsroom at Fox Sports One sending me my clips from XFL. Like, I guess that goes back to a little bit of the type A personality, but, and I, I don't watch everything back. I don't watch Undisputed start to finish anymore. I did at the beginning, which is a little crazy, just because I was learning and I wanted to see. But I think I'm, I think we can learn from that, right? Watching yourself mm-hmm. back is not comfortable, but you can catch different things. Like, oh, maybe as simple as your body language, as simple as how you're framing yourself up to camera and, you know, your microphone placement. I mean, they sound like small things, but you watch yourself back and it can help you, I think, even get better. So on that note, I had sent some stuff to Jen. I'll never forget. She sent me like 20 things back to work on. I mean, not like two things. There was a very solid list, but they were so thoughtful. And her, her 
for, it wasn't criticism. It was really just suggestions. And, you know, it was everything from, you know, your tone is a bit high pitched at times, you know, you might be, you're, you get, when you get excited, or I think when you're a little bit unsure of what you're saying, your tone was changing. Um, she also, I remember pointed out that I smiled really big at the start and it was almost out of like a nerve situation where I used to do that on air. And I remember a couple other bosses noticing that, like I would smile because that was kind of my, I'm a little nervous. Oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to start talking. Like it was just, and I have a big smile. So it, it was like too much. It was just too much off the top. And um, I remember she just kind of said like, how are you going to stand out? Like you have to make yourself stand out among a, a group of a lot of new people. And how, how are you, what do you want that to be? How do you want to look? How do you want to sound? I mean, this is your image. And it was just such real, honest advice. I should probably find the list because it was very helpful. And with any kind of feedback, I think your first reaction is like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing this well. But then if you really look at the ideas, I mean, I clearly still remember the suggestions she gave me and they helped me. They, I was high pitched when I was a little nervous. I did smile too big. I was just kind of going with the flow. Like how did I want to stand out and what did I want to be? as Jenny Taft on air at Fox. And it was amazing advice. And she's been uh, a teammate, a mentor. She was someone who helped me get in the door at Fox, helped me get an audition. Um, she'd been involved in the Fox Sports Girl program just kind of from the national standpoint. We did a couple trips together and she thought I was good and, you know, helped me get to Fox. So like women, supporting women and just, she's kind of been such an important person in my life. So when you have lunch with her, you were, you can tell her about this advice she gave me that clearly made a difference. So it's, it's kind of cool to think back on. That's fantastic. That's awesome. And, and it sounds like it was constructive and helpful. And that's it was. What we all need. Yeah. Yeah. Constructive yeah. criticism, right? I mean, that's the best kind and no one loves that feedback, but I try to do that. Like if, if I get women who send me their reels, I mean, I try to look at advice and, and, look at reels as if I was hiring someone and say, you know, like you don't need five minutes of content. Like what is your best minute and a half? Like put your very, very best because you don't want to give anyone a reason to turn off. Right. Just mm -hmm. put your best content. And Jen just really helped me figure out how I wanted to present myself on TV. And, you know, I kept sending her clips and she kept responding. So she helped me a lot. That's fantastic. I like hearing that. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> So we're getting to the point in the podcast, there are two things that we ask, or I guess I ask, not we, because it's just me, but then I ask every guest, <laughs> and those are, first, it'll be a day in the life, and then, of course, are the five fun facts, but let's start okay. with a day in the life, and you can pick if you want it to be on a Skip and Shannon day, if you want it to be on an XFL day, an NFL day, college football, whatever you want it to be, but a day in the life of Jenny Taft. Okay, day in the life. I'm trying to think of my craziest day in the fall. It's probably Thursday. Um, Thursday, day in the life, if it's a college football season and and undisputed. Um, alarm goes off at 3.10. Again, never easy. I snooze until about 3.18. That's about my, my limit. I get in the shower quickly. I leave the house by 3.35. So what's amazing about undisputed is we have – an incredible team at Fox. I mean, I am so lucky. The fact that I go to work in my workout clothes and I have 
this wardrobe group that's amazing and hair and makeup that's there in the morning. Like I am spoiled and I will never, ever, ever take that for granted because it <laughs> is all the difference in the world when it's that early in the morning. So um, I get to work by 4 a.m. We have a meeting, a whole show meeting. So Skip, Shannon, everyone on the show, we meet from about four to five. We go over the debate topics of the day. We also have an email the night before with roughly what we're going to talk about. So I have a good sense of if I'm looking into doing preparation the night before, I mean, obviously you kind of know the games that we're going to highlight, but if there's any background that I want to look at the night before I have that. And the biggest thing is just reading everything. So when I'm sitting in hair and makeup, which is then five to six, I am on my computer reading through the rundown, reading up if I'm watching, you know, different clips from games that I may have missed something that we're going to highlight or different interviews, you're just kind of reading and studying and preparing in those moments in that hour. So basically between four to five in the meeting I'm prepping and then five to six is prepping as well. And then I'm seated at 6.15 where I do a talk back with First Things First in New York. And then we're on from 6.30 to nine. And uh, that's, you know, the rhythm of the show. It's, it's four and a half hours, which kind of some days flies by and it, it's crazy. It's kind of a long show. Um, but it always feels like we could spend like an hour longer, which mm -hmm. they always, there's always more to say with between those two. And, uh, I, I tend to rush to the airport on Thursday, which that's a little bit of the hard part. I go right to the airport, um, as soon as I can, because if you're flying to Norman, Oklahoma, it's not normally a direct flight. So, you know, wherever I have to go, I don't know, LA, Minneapolis, OKC, get in kind of late. I might get to catch my production meal with my, my crew for college football on Thursday evening, but sometimes I'm landing at like nine with the time change, et cetera. Try to see them, try to prep a little. And then Friday, it's a full day of meetings with teams. Saturday game, we had the noon game. And then Saturday night, I'm flying home. And Sunday, I breathe again. <laughs> so that's kind of, I know that's three days, but it's a whirlwind three days. But I love it. I absolutely love it and I think I I mean I'm lucky my husband is patient with me in college football season because it's definitely busy and the travel's busy but I am so lucky to do all these jobs that I love it doesn't feel like work a lot of time so it's pretty cool well next time my alarm goes off at 6 or 6 30 and I don't feel like getting up <laughs> I remember Jenny has been at Undisputed now for two hours <laughs> she's been up she for three already on <laughs> Yeah, her hair, she has her she hair and talking makeup about LeBron. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's happening. Talking about LeBron, like that is, and so I'm gonna just bound out of bed because that is really amazing. And and undisputed is a long show, but I imagine it does go by pretty quickly. Yeah, and you you get in a rhythm for sure. But and I am like, ironically, I'm not a morning person. Like this isn't some natural. Like if I have Saturday off, which I guess in five weeks I'll be done with XFL, I think. So I'm on Saturday. I am not waking up until 10 a.m., let me tell you. So, like, normally I can sleep. When I, when I have the moment to sleep, I will sleep, and uh, you just got to find your time. No, it's, it's we all do what we have to do. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's, I'm so lucky. And so, like, at, I'll sleep later, right? Like, that's, that's the moral of the story. That, that's totally fair. You'll, you'll, you'll sleep later. You get it in where you can. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, it's time for five fun facts. And so, Jenny, I don't know if you know this. I always do this little intro before. 
This started with the 49ers players. I do it with them one-on-one on my iPhone, super casual and easy, and they give me five fun facts about themselves that people wouldn't otherwise know. But for this Love show, it. yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, the fans like it. The guys like it. I get, oh, is it my day for five fun facts? And it, it's Oh, fun. Yeah, it is. It's really fun. But for this show, we ask everybody the same five because we have found the, inter- the answers are so varied and interesting, and we learn a lot. So as soon as you're ready, I will rattle them off for you. Okay. I'm ready. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm excited. Um, don't be nervous. It's very low pressure. <laughs> They're your facts. So really they can be whatever you want them to be. So don't I just laugh like whenever I do these interviews that I'm, it's weird to be on the other side of interviewing. It's weird to be the interviewee, mm-hmm. right? Interviewee. Yeah. That's me. I don't know. It's different yeah. perspective. So, okay. I'm ready. It is, it is different, but I, I, you've been doing an excellent job so far. So I have a very good feeling about <laughs> your five you. facts. <laughs> uh, the first, what is your favorite moment in sports? Favorite moment in sports. I think my favorite moment in sports. Gosh, um, I, I know I mentioned the Women's World Cup in 2015, but I was on the field for that when they won the World Cup. I, I, I it goosebumps thinking about it right now. I mean, I, I seriously have chills just being a part of it, and it was, it's at the top of my list for sure. What is your life motto? Life motto. Treat people well, be kind, and work hard, but enjoy it along the way. Those are all really good things. And you'll be kinder if you do find your ability to enjoy it. It's much less stressful if you're actually enjoying it. I think so. Yeah. Do you have a go-to workout, though I don't know when you would work out with your schedule, but pretend (laughs) you can. Do you have a go-to workout? I do. I have really lately... I guess over the last couple of years, fallen in love with Pilates. It's, uh, I obviously playing sports, like I grew up lifting and, you know, I'm never going to do a bench press again. Like it's going to take a lot for me to do that. And so do like a power clean situation again. Um, but I love Pilates and the reason I love it, it makes me feel it's the one workout that just, uh, this is like reformer on the reformer. I feel so much better when I leave. I feel stronger. I feel like my posture is better. I sit and travel a lot, obviously, for work, and it just has helped my back and my core strength tremendously. So Pilates is kind of, if I can do, that's kind of my treat, one one Pilates to two Pilates sessions a week, and then I, I love to run. That's kind of always been my thing. So that's more mental, and if I can fit Pilates or even a yoga class in, those are my go-tos. Do you have a go-to coffee order? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Every version of cold brew coffee is my version um I might be drinking some right now yeah I'm like I don't I think I drink too much coffee I think we could definitely do a test and I would have had too much coffee every single day I have one at on my ride at 3 30 I have a cold brew and then I normally have one during the show and you know I'm having a little bit right now but this was a bad day I had a, a short turnaround so I'm blaming that as an excuse normally it's two coffees a day uh but I love cold brew coffee and I just like it black I don't like anything in it and I have my favorites but I love cold coffee and I'm from Minnesota and I still drink it cold even in Minnesota it's very weird I also think the amount per day like with the amount of hours you're awake three seems very <laughs> In my opinion. Okay, good. Good. That would be it evens out. You have my support on this. 
I plug my own coffee, so I get it. And then last but not least, what is a book that you think every woman should read? Ah, that's a great question. I, you know what? I love, you know what I read recently? It's not a new book, but I read Tina Fey, her book, mm-hmm. uh, Bossy Pants. And it was so good. It was just, I really like her. I, I love SNL. It's one of my favorite shows. I, I just think the comedians are so good and talented. And Tina Fey is always someone I really looked up to. And I really enjoyed her book. It's kind of a light read, um, fun, but she's obviously just, taken her career to such a different level and I really enjoyed it it was fun it was a good plain read fantastic that's good I actually have not read it yet and I'm looking yeah for it's new good book, it's so fun put that yeah. on my list Jenny thank you so much for joining me today this was a lot of fun and, and really so much good information this podcast so I really appreciate you being oh here. you're welcome I'm so excited to uh to be a part of it and I'll just be watching your stuff and you know I'm really impressed this is a really cool thing you're doing. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, listeners, do not forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network and to subscribe and leave a review on this podcast on iTunes. And with that, I will talk to everybody next week. Bye, everybody. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.